Welcome everyone to this episode of the Palmetto Guardian. I'm Sergeant Chelsea Baker. And I'm Sergeant Tim Andrews. And today we have a very special guest with us. We have State Command Sergeant Major Kaiser. Um, welcome, Sergeant Major. Thank you for coming in today. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yes. Um, one thing I do want to mention before we go into the podcast is that we really haven't announced that he's the next State Command Sergeant Major. And from my understanding, you're the 13th. That is correct. So yep. hopefully we... Well, I mean, we've seen you out and about, but That's we're right. glad to be able to work with you. And That's right. I hit the ground running. So Yes, you've been it, very busy. That's right. <laughs> yep. There's been a lot to be at, uh, change of commands, change mm-hmm. of responsibilities, uh, going to the different units of visiting with leaders, uh, talking to the soldiers. Uh, we've had great opportunities to check on the soldiers doing COVID response and mm-hmm. state active duty. So it really has been busy. I was selected back in March. And really have hit the ground running. Mm-hmm. So, Well, it's awesome to have you here. How has it been being the state command sergeant major for South Carolina versus just a sergeant major for maybe a, a unit or battalion? Or So I just came from my previous assignment being the state G1 sergeant major as well as the 228 signal brigade command sergeant major. So from both of those two perspectives, a lot of responsibility in, in those two jobs of taking care of soldiers. So those two really set me up for success in the current job as the state command sergeant major. Um, I'm really trying to have the perspective of people first, and that comes from uh, Sergeant Major of the Army, Grinston, all the way through Command Sergeant Major Sampa. So really trying to take those initiatives that each one of those have and make a South Carolina spin on it and get that down to the soldier level that their concerns, their issues, they matter. Uh, We still have standards still have to meet and train, and our op-tempo is going to continue to be heavy. Uh, but we need to pay more attention to when soldiers say, hey, I need help with this. Mm-hmm. So that kind of leads us into what we're doing today with the suicide prevention. Exactly. That was a perfect segue, Sergeant Major. <laughs> you, you need to come work with public affairs. <laughs> but, yes, that is the main topic of discussion today is um, September is Suicide Prevention Month. Last year, we did a huge campaign type thing, and we shot all kinds of different videos and everything. This year, I mean, things have kind of, we've been busy, like you said, and the 9-11 video and all that kind of stuff. And um, so... Before we move on, I just want to give a shout out to the PA team, (laughs) because that uh, 9-11 was phenomenal, the product that you produced. Mm -hmm. So I've heard nothing but good things from the field about them watching it and seeing it. So your efforts, my hat's off to you. Thank you. Yes, that was a big project, but we really appreciate everybody's feedback, and we're glad that it it was as as successful as we hoped that it would be. So thank you for that. Sure. (laughs) You guys earned it, so good on you. Thank you. Yep. So back to Suicide Prevention Month. Um, I mean, it is the end of September. We're going into the new fiscal year and all that, but we don't want to stamp suicide prevention to one month. It's something that we should be talking about throughout the whole year. That's right. Um, so what are some things, um, maybe personal experiences or things that since you are the new state command sergeant major that you've seen recently with mental health and maybe things we um, could do to help get the information out to everybody and the soldiers? Well, coming up through the ranks, there was a stigma about asking for help. Uh, I have seen through time that we are starting to trend in a better, healthier perspective. Um, It is our goal as leaders 
that if we have a soldier that raises their hand and say, I need help, that to maintain the trust in leadership, that we get those soldiers the help they need. So some of the things that I've had to deal with reference suicide is on three different occasions in my leadership roles, uh, actually had to work with families because of suicide. So uh, in one of my previous assignments, I was a casualty assistance officer, Mm -hmm. and the soldier that passed away was from a drug overdose. So that was extremely painful uh, for the family um, to be there to get the family through that, to help the family heal. Um, If you think back about as a guard uh, community, Last December was really hard on us. Uh, One of those soldiers was Staff Sergeant Miles. So he came from the Signal Brigade. So that was during my time as the uh, Signal Brigade CSM. And that was extremely difficult. Um, Part of what I did a year ago as the Brigade CSM was battlefield circulation. So one of the responsibilities is to get out, to meet the troops, to deliver the... uh, the holiday message. Mm-hmm. Hey, Merry Christmas. If that's what you believe, you know, go out and celebrate the holidays. Use this opportunity to not only relax, because we've already talked about our op tempo. That's not going to slow down. But during the holidays, that is an opportunity for you to catch your breath, right? But also to build on your current relationships. So as I was going to each of the units within the Signal Brigade, I was delivering that holiday message, take advantage of this opportunity to, you know, take a knee, uh, but also to build on your relationships with your families, with your friends. Um, And part of that is a suicide message, right? A suicide prevention message of, hey, the holidays can be stressful, right? So look out for your battle buddies. So... There is definitely a mental health uh, perspective on here. If a soldier doesn't want to share or reach out, there's not a lot the leadership can do other than provide the message, build the trust, and then when soldiers do raise their hand up for help, we get them the help they need. Um, So last year was extremely hard. And then uh, working with uh, First Lieutenant uh, Bowman's family. Uh, So once again with my Signal Brigade CSM responsibilities, working with Colonel Price at the time as the commander. Uh, We had to sit down with the families, explain the situation, let them know how it all played out, and then help the family heal. Uh, So that that has been really difficult. Uh, I wouldn't wish that on any of my contemporaries. And if I can build trust in leadership, not just me, but the other CSMs in the field, uh, the other commanders, and get the soldiers to really understand if you need help and you raise your hand, you're going to be recognized. You're going to get into a pipeline where after you get through this temporary painful part of your life, it will be better on the other end. But I have to have soldiers believe that. If they don't believe that and they're just going to bottle up their pain, Uh, I don't think we can overcome suicides. So I need every soldier to do their part. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that you brought up the holidays because that's something that we push out Mm -hmm. um, with Lisa Mustard and other behavioral health specialists with the guard that the holidays are are a fun and 
good time to be with family stuff, but for some that could be troubling and that could trigger them and stuff like that. So I'm glad that you brought that up because, um, mental health is, you should be taking care of your mental health year round, but there are times where there's going to be more pressures and, um, things that cause you to not know what, how to deal with it and that kind of stuff. So that's why we always want to put out these resources for all service members, because you're not alone. You're not the only one that's going through these things and we have the resources to help you. And like you said, if you don't feel comfortable talking to your leadership or somebody in uniform, we have civilians that can help you get to where you need to be because we're a stronger force when everybody's mentally, physically, emotionally there. That's right. And that's how we meet our mission requirements and that's how we win. And, And you've heard leaders say winning matters. It absolutely does matter, right? And the only way to get to that point is if you're in the right mental state and physical state. Mm-hmm. So physical health is just as important. Taking care of your body will help your mental state. It helps you relieve stress. So all of this is interconnected with a holistic version of health and fitness. Mm-hmm. Also, too, though, I want to kind of go back to the stigma. How do you think we can break that stigma? I mean, we can sit here all day long and talk yep. face-to-face on a podcast or right going to yellow ribbons and stuff, but how do we break that stigma? Well, I think over time it has improved, and it really goes back to the core of trust and leadership, right? And how do you build trust and leadership? Really, if you're a leader, there should be two occasions where you should hit the brake and listen to your soldier. If they're really excited about sharing something positive in their life, that means they care about you and your opinion and how you intercept that information, right? So if you're a leader and somebody's really excited about a goal they met or an achievement they just accomplished, as a leader, you need to slow down and celebrate that moment. It might be small. It, it doesn't matter. But those little things build up into trust. And, and the same thing on the other end of the spectrum. If they bring a problem to you, it's because they have faith in you that you can assist them in resolving their problem. right? So it should be an opportunity for a leader to help lead and train but also to continue to establish that trust. And, you know, trust goes up and down. You have to constantly be working at this at all times. Similar to your uh, observation on mental health, this is something we should be doing all the time. So when I talk to some of the senior leaders, I bring this up as a way for them to establish trust with their soldiers that they're responsible for. I totally agree, Sergeant Major, Um, especially with uh, like you said, uh, building trust and building those relationships. I know we're, we, uh, we only, well, not technicians, but uh, regular M-Day, we only see uh, each other one week a month, two weeks a year. And, you know, if you've been around for a while and you know folks, you can tell on a drill weekend that, like, how they are if they're like, yeah, they're, something seems off about this. And just That's if right. you've built that relationship as a, a, a your, as a leader to, their, to uh, your Joes and you're trying to, and you see something wrong, you're like, ah, man, like, you okay? Just pull them off to the side and be like, is there anything I, I can do? Are you all right? Um, That's right. I always try to um, make sure to just text uh, text my guys that are from the old unit I was with and everything, and especially uh, with my current unit, I always try to text guys and be like, hey, man, you all right? I was just thinking about you. If there right. anything, just please let me know. Well, and to your point, it goes back, one of my previous responsibilities was a suicide prevention NCO in Anderson, South Carolina, with the 263rd AAMDC. And part of the assist training is 
ask the damn question. Now I'm making a joke of it, but that's mm-hmm. how they deliver it to get you to remember, hey, you got to ask that tough question. You got to ask your battle buddy. You got to ask the soldier you're responsible for. Are you intending on hurting yourself? Right? So if you know, just like you uh, made the observation of, hey, the soldier's off today. I need to check in. I need to dive a little deeper. Uh, you need to do that. You need to to continue. Don't take the service answer of I'm fine and take it at face value and keep moving on. We are all busy, but if you get that soldier that says, yeah, I'm fine, but you know that they're not, you need to, all right, hey, let's go offline. Let's go sit down. How's your family? How's work? Oh, you just lost your job. Oh, that's awful. What can I do to help? Mm -hmm. Are you aware of family programs? They've got the employment services. Oh, you don't know. Let's get you into that pipeline, right? Doing those things early before things catastrophize is how we can collectively look out for each other. Yes, I'm really glad that you brought that up because my next thing that I was going to say is regardless if you're military, civilian, age, doesn't matter, but people remember people who actually t- put the time into care or show that they care. I mean, I will remember a squad leader who did everything they could to help me versus somebody who just showed up to drill. Same with commanders and stuff. I re- remember specific teachers in school that always put that extra effort to help you versus somebody who just showed up to do their regular job. But when you put in that little bit of extra effort, whether it's something very small are very big, people are going to remember, and then they're going to respect you more, and they're going to, in return, want to do that for somebody else. Yeah. So I'm really glad that you brought that up. But also, too, now with you being the state command sergeant major, what advice would you give those lower-ranking, those like rising to sergeant major or coming into commands and stuff, what kind of advice would you give them for this kind of topic? Well, first, and I think Sergeant Andrews touched on it a little bit about the relationship piece. Mm-hmm. That cannot be overstated, right? Building strong relationships, regardless of where you are in your military career, will help you get to the next level, right? So if you're you're both E5s, if you wanted to make E6, you need to start working on your relationships on people that can positively influence your career. And, and I would also add... Um, this is not a top-down issue, right? You, you had mentioned previously about it's not just one rank. It's not just an enlisted problem. It's all ranks. It's all ages. It's all demographics. Um, so with that, not only do we need to have leaders checking down, but I encourage some of the younger uh, soldiers, check up, right? If you're an E5, check on your E6, E7. Um, Staff Sergeant Atkinson's off to the side, but he's with us here today. Uh, Some of you know that my mother-in-law passed away. For me personally, I can handle the pressures with that. And where it hurts me is seeing my wife suffer, Mm -hmm. right? Her losing her mom uh, and working through that with my wife had been difficult. And she passed away this past April. But I thought it was extremely meaningful, and it's not lost on me, and I'm kind of looking off to the side because he's off to my left here, that he stopped and asked me specific questions about how I was doing, uh, reference that. Now, me personally, like I just said, I can deal with my own personal emotions dealing with that. 
but for me, it's more important that I show my love and support to my wife as she's really the one uh, with the brunt of that emotional turmoil. But it, I thought it was amazing. Here is this staff sergeant that hardly knows me personally, but aware enough to know that that, that moment in my time, in my life, that I was stressed, right? I'm going to balance my stress through working out and, you know, decompartmentalizing those painful issues. Uh, but I was amazed that a staff sergeant would check up. So this is not a one direction where it needs to be the leader always checking down. I encourage everybody, if you know somebody that's going through a life change, a, a loss of a job, a loss of somebody that's important to you, re- regardless of what that relationship is, a best friend, uh, a partner, a spouse, a child, whatever the case is, um, those are indicators of stress and we should be mindful of it. And it doesn't matter which way you check, check up or check down. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And the thing, too, with the National Guard, it's its own, like, world, in a sense, because we're so family-oriented. We're within the communities, and so it's not like you put on that soldier hat every single day. Some of us do that are full-time, but typically you have your traditional NBA soldiers who just do their one weekend a month, and their two weeks in the summer, and they go to their schools to get promoted and all that kind of stuff, but... It's different when you're, it's more family. Like everybody cares. Everybody wants to know what's going on. People have lifelong friendships meeting people in the guard. And so um, it, it's, I feel like it's a little bit different than active duty because we have that closer relationship and those bonds with people rather than you go into a duty station, you meet somebody and then you might talk to them here or there, but then you get stationed somewhere else or they get deployed or they get out or whatever the case may be. But I feel like the Guard is such a close-knit community, even though it's a small community. Yeah. Um, but having those people who care and show that they care, regardless of rank, like you said, or position or title or anything like that, like they're willing to stand up and make sure that you're okay and you're mentally okay, and if you need help, regardless of what it is, yep. they'll help you. They'll help you get the help you need. And with your public affairs background, we talk about social media a lot because mm-hmm. it really is a messaging platform. And for the soldiers and their families and our tight community that we have, social media in this aspect should be an indicator as well, right? So if you see some of those types of messages within our tight knit community pop up on social media. Take those seriously. If somebody's willing to put it out there in an open forum like that, they probably are hurting and they probably do need somebody to say, hey, I'm there for you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, one thing I do want to ask before we close out is, um, why do you think resiliency is so important in the National Guard? So another one of my previous uh, responsibilities was being an MRT. So not only am I trained in resilience, uh, I trained others on it. Uh, it's the ability to bounce back. And I, I know we've had the analogy of the the tennis ball bouncing versus the egg cracking, but I, I can't think of a better example or an analogy of why that's so important. Life, regardless if it's military-oriented, civilian-oriented, uh, school pressure, employment pressure, there are going to be ups and downs. They're, it's inevitable, right? How we deal with that, how we control our attitude, how we 
find rest and relaxation so that we can recoup and get back into the fight is extremely important. You think about our mission as a state National Guard. When the citizens of South Carolina call on us to do state active duty or when the federal government says, hey, we have a mission for you, as National Guard soldiers, we need to be able to answer that call. And if we are allowing these ups and downs that are going to happen, control and dictate our life and how we respond to it, then we're not being as resilient as we could. Uh, Through the MRT training, there are uh, exercises you can do like hunt the good stuff. That is specific to having a positive mental attitude. Uh, There are other things that you can do through visualization of, hey, I've got the ACFT coming up next month. Instead of worrying about it, I'm going to roll my sleeves up and I'm going to practice so that I can be successful. So along with that is the visualization that, hey, I'm going to achieve this goal. Uh, So all of that ties into resilience. And if you're going through an emotional hardship, some of those techniques can help you get through that moment in time where you're hurting. Everybody's going to hurt. There's no way around it. I mean, that's the nature of our bodies. That's the nature of stress. It's how you deal with that stress. You can grow from it or you can let that stress control you. So it's like, uh, I know the... uh, tag major general mccarty uses the uh, forged in fire analogy right of hammering out metal to come up with a final product of a knife well the same thing uh, is with resilience right sure you're going to have those stressful times where you're taking the hammer and beating on that piece of steel but at the end because you have gone through that process you're stronger on the other end so That's why I think resilience is so important. It helps us get through that momentary time where you're going through that pain or through that stress to get you through that so you can appreciate on the other end that that was hard, but I made it. And you don't have to do that by yourself. We are here collectively to help you. So all you got to do is let folks know, hey, I'm going through a hard time. How do I get from this point where I'm hurting to the end of this where I'm stronger and better on the other end? perfect like that was the perfect <laughs> thing to end on I am so I didn't realize that you wore all those different hats like yep. that's a lot in one time time frame to fill all that in like that's that's a lot I didn't realize that you were a part of all of that well it's because I truly care mm-hmm. right I, it's one thing to actually say it but if you go back and you look at some of the things specifically that I've done through my career It's because I want to give back to the soldiers and give back to the organization. Uh, Part of that has built me up to where I am today. Uh, But it all comes from a place of love, right? Mm -hmm. I want the best for you. I want the best for you. I want the best for Staff Sergeant Atkinson standing in the side, hiding in the wings. (laughs) But I want that for all of our soldiers, right? I want you to be successful. I want you to get promoted to the next level. I'll do my part as providing an environment that is, you know, full of dignity and respect and equality and inclusion. Those are the kind of things from a leadership perspective that we will set that environment for you. The only thing that I ask of you as an individual is meet the standards because we're a standards-based organization. Be forward-thinking. Always think, what do I need next, right? Not just for yourself, but for your organization, And then that you improve every single day. You do those things, 
And then from a leadership perspective, we give you the environment for you to be successful. There's no reason why you can't have a successful career in the South Carolina Army National Guard. All right. Well, again, Sergeant Major, thank you so much for stopping by and talking with us. Absolutely. I know we'll see you in the near, <laughs> near future to talk about more topics. Sure. Um, but we really appreciate that you were able to fit us in and come talk about this subject because it is something that we definitely need to talk about more often. Yep. Um, if this video uh, – has a special place in your heart. We do have a section on our YouTube channel that is specific to all the behavioral health topics that we've talked about, a specific playlist. So if you or you know somebody that might be struggling or you need resources, definitely check out that playlist because we do have a lot of information on there as well as future podcasts that we'll be shooting. Um, but again, if you like this video, make sure you give it a big thumbs up. If you haven't subscribed to our channel, make sure you hit the subscribe button and we will catch you guys in the next episode.